Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. It's draft week. We're recording this uh, on a Tuesday night for the Wednesday pod, which probably means that some big, big news on a big trade will be dropping in the morning, which just be my guess as to when we'll find out some big thunder news. Uh, no, but uh, we will have a draft party Thursday night here in downtown OKC at Fassler Hall. So that's on 10th Street in downtown. Be there. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a great time. It sure feels like we're going to get something Thursday night. And we we certainly will get something. We'll either get we'll get. <laughs> what if we didn't? Andrew? The Thunder just decided to pass on every pick. That'd be terrible. Oh, that would be awful. Uh, Worst case scenario. Um, my good friend Alex Spears is here with me. Al, how are you feeling about? Alaska. How are you feeling about Thursday? How are you feeling about the draft? How are you feeling about your team, bro? You know, I've seen a lot of people out there talking like they're ready for the draft. They're sick of the rumor mill. You know, every day just driving you insane. And I say, Andrew, I say, give me more. Let's keep going. Let's push the draft back a few days. <laughs> I know. I love this. Like, this is my favorite week of the NBA calendar. You have, like, so many rumors. You have free agency, like, coming up very soon. So there's just so much up in the air. You have the draft. You don't know who's going where. We don't even know who's really even good or not. We have no idea. There's just so much like mystery and intrigue to all of it. And, like all these stories come out of it, all these different places. It's just great. I just love it. Uh, we've got Jeremy Moorhead, who will be at Fassler Hall. Yes. We have nice. Shepard Drake will also be there. Yes. Nice. Very nice. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Uh, Andrew, should we start with the only actual piece of news we have, which is that uh, Tony Bradley not getting the qualifying offer, making him an unrestricted free yeah. agent. We officially may have no centers, traditional centers, we'll say, because Isaiah Roby, of course, played some small ball yeah. five, but no traditional centers on the roster. Yeah, big, big shouts to Tony Jones on that, on that report. Uh, I, I don't care about any of it. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it doesn't. Well, when I saw. When I saw the news, I was thinking about uh, you know, a few months ago we had a podcast where we drafted the current young yeah. players oh, on remember. the Thunder squad, you know, under twenty five. And I remember feeling like anxiety <laughs> about taking Tony Bradley <laughs> over Moses Brown because I knew so many people would be upset by yeah. that. And then a few months later, neither are going to be on yep. the team. Yep, uh, that <sighs> was Pretty what fun. I had kind of hoped for after watching them for I don't know twenty. 30 games or whatever it was that, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I would just say, just stop worrying about the center position. Just stop it. There's just no need to worry about that. It's July 27th. Nobody cares. If You think the Thunder are what, having conversations? Would you say, that though? They're Thunder are having conversations like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about the center position in October? <laughs> Wouldn't you say – that you'd be shocked if they did not come out of this draft with one center prospect, though? Oh, I don't know. That wouldn't surprise you? I don't know that it would surprise Five me. Picks. There's not – the thing is that – I don't know. There's there's a, just a handful of, 
of like decent center prospects, right? Uh, True. There's not that many. And even if you go down to the second round, like who, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's just not well, a but lot even, of prospects. Even uh, like some small ball five options. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like people talk about Garuba potentially being there. Yeah, I would count Garuba eventually. as a five. Yeah, I would count him as a five just because he's a five on offense as of today. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, obviously, although he thinks of himself as a four. Yeah, big big mistake, um, Isaiah. Yeah, I think, yeah, Isaiah Jackson is one. Kai Jones, Garuba, you know, like those are the 16 through 18. Would I be surprised? Like, I, one, I just don't know that the Thunder are going to stay there at 16 and 18 as we get closer it just feels less likely to me that they pick at both spots and i've said before like i th- I think that they should stay there and pick because i think there's good players there even if they end up with what gavoni has as his mock with keon and and jalen johnson okay fine like i'll begrudgingly accept that and hope that like one of them works out you know uh i don't know i mean that that mock that it has them taking zero big men, you know, book Knight, Keon, Jalen. And then who do they have at 34 and 36? Uh, BJ Boston, Josh Christopher. Yeah, just like bucket getters. Yeah. Like, and no centers. That, that, Who's at 55? That's because power. That forward. was before yeah. the Tony Bradley news drop for Gavoni. The Tony Bradley news pre- impacts <laughs> zero things in this, in this world. no, no, <laughs> If Gavoni does an updated mock, he's going to take that into consideration. He's going to give us a couple centers, Andrew. Um, Andrew, we just had a big moment at the Spears household. Did you? I bought I bought the Guinea Girls mm, a hammock. You did this weekend, and they have not been using it. They've been going underneath <laughs> of it, which is not its intended use. And they both just got in it, so pretty wow. exciting here on the Night Pod. Very nice. That's great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's great news. Uh, do you do you want to jump into some scuttlebutt? Dude, I this is what it's all about. That's what this that's one of the reasons why I love this week is that there's just so much information out there, most of it worthless at the by Friday it's completely worthless, but it's just fun. Like everything about this week is fun. So yeah, let's do it. Um now should we cuz obviously the the biggest scuttlebutt is the Shea thing. Maybe we should save that for the end. Let's go through the other things first. Okay. Um because obviously and I, th- I think a lot of Thunder fans feel this way. They see that Shea plus six for one trade that's now been reported at uh, basketballnews.com. Very vague website <laughs> name. And then uh, and then by Jake Fisher, and you get angry, and you immediately want to discredit the person who reports mm-hmm. it, which is fine. But on the flip side, Jake Fisher also reported some things that ma- would make Thunder fans very happy. So it's like you got to... Kind of, you know, pick and choose. You can Can you really pick and choose his reports, the ones you and like? And he was the first person to report on the Memphis, uh, New Orleans trade. Is that isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, and he just, I don't know. You said it confidently. I did. So I, I said it confidently. It I felt less confident after it came <laughs> out of my mouth. But I think that that's. I th- he was one of the people that was on that early. I'll, I'll say that. I feel I feel better about that. And uh, the other thing I would say, especially comparing him to the the Matt. Bob Bobcock Babcock 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 guy is it Jake Fisher just wrote a book on the lottery he did and so you have to ass- you have to assume that he had some sources as part of writing that book Without anyway a doubt. so the things that he said that we think 
Thunder fans would like. First of all, the idea that the Thunder seem to be confident that they can get a positive asset back for Kemba Walker before the season mm-hmm. starts. That's good news. It's great news. Uh, I also think that it's probably true. It's it's why the Thunder probably were so excited to do the deal as early as they were able to do it. Because, and we talked about this, the day the trade was made is that they got to get Kemba, a veteran point guard that can get buckets on his own, before all the damage was done to all the teams in the playoffs, right? Like, nobody knows what right. they want with to do with their teams yet. Everybody still likes their teams for the most part uh, at that point in the playoffs. Now you get to this point, and there's lots of dissatisfied teams. Like the Knicks are comp- probably very dissatisfied with how things went, right? They want to make an upgrade at the guard position. They don't want to rely on Alec Burks as their creator, right? They want to mm. al- rely on Alec Burks as their creator. Just sounds like a really funny uh, statement. But they don't need to have Alec <laughs> Burks create offense for them anymore. They need to go find somebody that's, that's actually good at it. And I, I don't know. I just think Kemba's a great option for them. I think they'll be able to figure out a landing spot for Kemba that makes sense. I, I don't. I, I think when you're talking about development for this team, playing Kemba 30 minutes a night is is not exactly helpful. Because I mean, even I was I did a Twitter Spaces earlier today, and somebody just brought up Tao Maladon. It's like, yeah, we haven't talked about Tao at all this off season. And like barely consider him as a part of this team and as a part of the rebuild, but he played the most minutes of anybody last season, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was on the, I was on that podcast with the sports rabbi, yeah. Holy land hoops. And he asked me a valid question. I was always, I was almost like, Oh yeah. Ooh. Teo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's somebody that, you know, the Thunder selected early in the second round last, last draft. And somebody that they've invested a lot of resources in, and I think they believe in him, and they I think they believe in his ability to to play at you know a pretty high level. So it's I don't know. I mean, he's he's somebody that we need to bring back into focus a little bit uh, when it comes to what's going to happen with this team in the next couple of years, or you know perhaps they build him up to be like a nice point guard and he could even be trade bait at some point you know lots of people need backup point guards the you know the Suns relied on Cameron Payne and will they be able to keep him I don't know but having just a steady hand at point guard coming off the bench is is really important to a playoff team and it it, it is a deep point guard free agent class but you can easily construct a, a scenario where Chris Ball resigns in Phoenix Mike Conley resigns in Utah Maybe Kyle Lowry goes to like Dallas or or New York or any of those options, and if, after that point, it's like, what if Chicago offers a really big contract to Lonzo Ball? Mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie gets taken up. Like there is going to be a team at the end of the day that doesn't get one of those point guards because there are a lot of point guard needy teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Miami's interested. We know that Dallas is interested. We know that New Orleans is interested, who just happened to clear a ton of cap space a few days ago. Oh, yeah. We know that New York is interested. We know that the Lakers are interested because they don't want Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, that is like way harder to construct scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there are a lot of teams that want point guards, even though this is a really deep free agent class. So 
That first piece of news is scuttlebutt. Pretty good. Yeah. All those teams interested in Lowry could eventually talk themselves into Kemba. Oh, for sure. Like, what do you do if you're – as much as I like that trade for New Orleans, like, what do you do if Chicago gives a max offer sheet to Lonzo Ball? (laughs) They might do it, dude. They might do it. They might. And if and if you don't want to pay that much, and all of a sudden Lowry goes to another team, like what do you do? You have to bring in some type of port guard. That's true. Unless you're ready to start those young guys, which I don't think they are. So yeah, I do think there's going to be options. That was exciting. Yeah. Now the next piece. Uh, of hold on, one more thing before we move on. Yeah. Kyle Lowry only played three more games than Kemba last year. Just throwing that oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. 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 I agree. I'm just thro- he was terrible. Throwing that out there. I'm just the Kyle Lowry mania is really in, is yeah. really really interesting to me. Uh, I I just don't I, the hype around it is 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 big. And he's had he's like missed as much time as Kemba, you know, in the last year. So for I, sure, I just yeah, and he's four years older. Le- yeah, legitimately four yes, years. Yes, he is. Thirty-five versus thirty-one. Yeah. Now, we're, now we kind of want to keep Kemba. Yeah. we're making him sound so good. It's there's there's a difference between the two. The last two seasons, the difference of games played is plus five in favor of Lowry. That's it. Mm. And over the course of two years, and everybody is super pumped about Lowry. And everybody thinks that like Kemba is like somehow damaged goods, but the the difference is five games. I, and I think with, I mean, the three years is a big deal <laughs> there, and the fact that like Kemba's shot the ball pretty well, eight attempts last season for Kemba, thirty six percent from three, like that's great. He was he was twenty five and twenty five and four. Like that's that's not nothing. And uh, and the reports about Lowry are that he's not necessarily he he actually isn't ring chasing, he is he is money chasing, which I good support. for him. Yeah, I love. He's I got love his ring. He got What's the he ring. He doesn't have to chase yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. So like, if he could get, I mean, at this point, I could see him getting like a three-year ninety million or even a three-year hundred million dollar deal. Like, I think the market for him is that crazy. And at that point. All of a oh, sudden, yeah. Kemba Walker's contract, which is only two more yeah. years, all of a sudden it starts looking pretty good. It's, it looks pretty good. Because let's say Kemba was a free agent. Would he get something close to what he has now for two years? Uh, I don't think so, but I could see him getting like two years, 40 to 50 million. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two years, 50. And that feels that would probably feel cheap for a guy that you know that can put up 20, 20 basically twenty five and five. And if healthy, like does a lot of what the Pelicans need because he takes over. He's taken over eight threes a game the last three seasons. Yes, yeah. it would it would be helpful. I think you can t- you can talk yourself into him. His last healthy season, like fully healthy season, he played all eighty two games. His last season in Charlotte. And he was 25 points per game, six assists, four boards, a steal. Uh, similar, like 30, almost 36%, nine attempts per game from three. Like, that's a very good player. That's that's an all-star caliber player. 
So that wasn't that wasn't that long ago. Uh, and he just really struggled in Boston. There was just something about Boston. Like the Boston situation for these vets has been um, quite strange. Even for Gordon Hayward, like Gordon Hayward had a had a pretty nice season out of like some weird injury stuff in Charlotte. Um, and I think people kind of were done with with him to a degree. You know, after a weird situation with injuries and just the situation overall in Boston and similar things with Kemba. So we may see Kemba suit up for the Thunder, but I do think that there's a shot that they're able to get rid of him, you know, even midseason. Okay, enough talk about Kemba Walker. Did not expect to talk about Kemba Walker for 15 minutes. Okay, next piece of scuttlebutt that Thunder fans would be interested from the same article by Jake Fisher says that there's still a strong expectation that OKC will search for avenues to move up in the first round with a swap centered around the Thunder sending picks number 16 and 18 to Charlotte for number 11 Mm -hmm. as a deal structure to monitor. Now that is interesting because, uh, and this is why one of the reasons why I thought the Memphis deal was so strange. Usually you don't see those deals before the draft. No. Um, I mean, I guess you, I guess you do sometimes. Like I was just remembering the uh, Mike Miller, Randy Foy for number five trade. Ugh. But at that point, it's like, well, you just do it. Who cares? But that one, if that if it, for the thought, yeah, if, if they agree to that, if the Wizards are in on that, you're like, oh my gosh, we got to do this as fast as we can. Right. But with the Thunder, the whole idea of like monitoring this sounds like if whoever the guy OKC wants is there at eleven, then it could be something realistic Mm -hmm. so then you go to some mock drafts and you see who might be available and we talked about uh jonathan gavoni's most recent mock which was from yesterday Mm -hmm. and i truly feel if you read those top 10 names if one of those drops that that is who oklahoma city would be interested in because beyond that i don't know i almost feel like anyone beyond that top 10 and just to read it real quick obviously like the top four guys scotty barnes book knight Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Franz Wagner, and Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. Those are his top ten. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you're getting into names like Kispert, Shingun, Davion Mitchell, Duarte, Trey Murphy, Keon Johnson. Like all those guys, I feel like could fall to 16. Yeah. Whereas I don't think anyone in that top ten is going to fall to 16. But they could fall to 11. Yeah. I mean, the only, with the exception of Shingun, is like the only, is the only one. Well, he. he Oh, you mean like he he could go between 11 and 15? You'd feel pretty confident? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that one. So maybe that is the move because 11 does get you one spot in front of the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And we have heard for a while now that – and who knows if it's like sourced or not but, or just people like fitting puzzle pieces together. But Shengun has been talked about as like a Spurs type of player. Yeah, there's also, sc- there's also some scuttle that the Spurs have some free agent targets at the center position. So, oh, who really? Knows? Who knows, bro? But regardless, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and I, I personally would like it just because if they did that, that would let me know, oh, they really like that guy at 11 because they went got him. Yeah. As opposed to just taking whoever at 16 and 18, even though we've talked about this, the draft is so deep around that point that it's really hard to not be happy with whoever you come away with at 16, 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at that Gavoni mock, I was looking at uh, the Rockets. Like, in this mock, they get Jalen Green, Sharif Cooper, and Isaiah Jackson. Mm-hmm. 
with those like 23 and 24 pick like that's an awesome draft yeah. that's great that's right. and that's all the way down to 24 yeah. not the biggest biggest sharif cooper guy here but you know it's, but a lot of people are he's cool i don't know i don't get it i i mean i get it but i don't get it with with cooper he's uh fun. but regardless that's 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 exciting scuttle it is. That would be exciting if that happened. Yeah, it would be very exciting if we heard that they were trading for the 11th pick. Uh, especially if they're not able to do anything at the top of the draft and they just pick at six, and then they just turn around and get Shangun. If they came away with Book Knight and Shangun in the first round, like, oh, like that's that's great. Like that's a nice that's a nice pairing. Like that's the Thunder. Struggled to score a lot last year. The offense was really bad. One of the worst offenses in the NBA. But those are those are two like offensive-minded players that come in and help and develop and need a lot of development. Both of them do uh, in order to reach their potential. And they're also guys that you could see fitting in with the current roster construction. And not that fit. Fit doesn't matter that much right now because they need everything outside of Shea. But it, it does matter in the fact that you need minutes for them and you need a place for them to play. And that's where I would say it makes a lot of sense, especially with Shingun. Like Shingun will just play 35 minutes at center. And I think yeah. he will make way for the Thunder to have one of the worst defenses in the NBA, but also like work with Shea as a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop type of guy that can kind of do it all on the offensive end. So I think – I mean, I would love that. I think the fit there is tremendous. Well, and speaking of uh, Shangun, Kevin Pelton released his big board, which he has a stats-only version of it, mm-hmm. and then he has a version where he combines it with the ESPN Top 100, which I think is like Gavoni's board or other people at ESPN's board. Mm-hmm. Um, but his number one was Alperin Shengun, yeah. which if you know anything about his stats in the Turkish League, like it makes sense yeah, why he would be number one in that model. And once you know that, you understand why John Hollinger has him ranked so highly. Um but I just want to read real quick, if you haven't read this, because I do think Kevin Pelton's, if you go back, like last year, his number one was LaMelo Ball, his number two was Tyrese Halbert, and his number three was Anthony Edwards. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, but he said, by these measures, there's no prospect in this year's draft who rates as strong combined as LaMelo Ball did last season, or Anthony Edwards, or Tyrese Halliburton. I thought that was just interesting. It doesn't mean that it's true, but... You know, he does this stats model every single year, and it's just a nice counterbalance to, you know, the people saying that, you know, there are f- three or four number one picks in this draft. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it, it's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if the Thunder don't get a top pick, then I agree with it. And I think Kevin Pelton's right, and, and we should abide by it. So. <laughs> and Shingun, and especially if we get Shingun, then we can say we got the number one we player. Got the, we got so. the best guy in the draft. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, about that. I remember reading Pelton. This is how um, four years ago, I guess, and it was like he had Jalen Brown rated as like the like forty fifth best prospect or whatever it was. Well, I remember that because he he was on some podcasts and he basically said like I've never had a prospect that was below some like line yeah. 
that did anything in the NBA. Yeah. Going back like years and years and years. Yeah. And Jalen Brown is below that line. Yeah. And I always remember that. Yeah. That's always the one that stuck out. You know, his his model is probably just as accurate as anyone else's like big board, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that was that scuttle. But also, you have to also know that like most draft evaluators had those three guys really high, like most which like Halliburton, Ball, and um, they did. But I, I, I feel like the and it was similar with Luca. Like the people that I really trust had Lamelo number one last year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Schmitz had him number one. You know, that's like Mike Schmitz is. Mike Schmitz and um, Vecini both had him number one. And those two, to me, those two are, like, the best. Like, those are the two that I trust the most when it comes to draft evaluation. Um, everybody else, and it's also because, like, that's what those guys' jobs are. <laughs> like, that's what those guys do, period, is they evaluate, like, tape on these prospects, get to know them, get to know you know what the situation is around them like a lot of these other guys it's like they're kind of like side job you know like there's and they create a lot of fun content you know i mean hollinger's similar you know at the athletic like he creates a lot of fun you know draft content but it's like not his sole gig and so i just take a lot more stock in what those two do because it is like yeah. their, their one and only thing. Um, I was trying to find, because earlier today I was just going back through his rankings throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had like all of them listed out. I just thought it'd be fun to go through his number one each year. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the next scuttlebutt, next very next sentence. There's a sense among team officials. I don't know what that means that Oklahoma City and Toronto are exploring options on swapping the number four and number six picks mm-hmm. as well. Some Another great piece of scuttle. That is nice. From the same article. Yeah. And you'd have to wonder who it's for. Like, who are the... Okay, cool. They trade up to four. Uh, you, We haven't really heard of any scuttle that links the Thunder to Jalen Suggs. Not that there's any information out there, period, that is completely accurate with regards to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But we also just, it just hasn't been there. It's just not there. And so you have to wonder who it's for. Is it for Scotty Barnes? I would, at this point, I would feel a little disappointed <laughs> if, if, <laughs> if that were the outcome, that they trade six and the Clippers 2022 unprotected for Scotty Barnes. I would be like, I'd have to talk. I'd really have to talk myself into it at this point. Hey, if you, if you want to talk yourself into it, listen to uh, Chad Ford's podcast today yeah. um, with uh, David Thorpe. David Thorpe has him number two and said some of the most outlandish things I've heard anyone say about Scotty Barnes. What did he say? He he compared Scotty Barnes to Draymond Green as if it was an inevitability that Barnes would be better. Interesting. And 
he said he said a lot of things. What was the other thing he <laughs> said? said? What did he say about his offensive game? I was I was like shocked at some of the things he said about Scotty Barnes. Yeah. I mean, he he went on and on about like what a great teammate he is. Um, yeah, I mean that's which, the stuff. Like that's that's the stuff everybody loves about him, right? And he's just like a great person, which, ter- which terrifies me. Yeah, because I mean I think that's great, obviously, for a person to exhibit those qualities, <laughs> but. <laughs> it worries me that he's so positive and happy. Oh gosh. I wish he was more dour. Yeah. Um no, but I just I just remember like people did the same thing with MK MKG. Mm-hmm. MKJ. Mm-hmm. Whereas just like this guy is a gym rat, he's a worker, he is going to figure it out. He's gonna figure out the shooting. He works too hard to not figure it out. Yeah, it's bad. And that's man. the part where I'm just like But David Thorpe did make a good point about how Guys who are that long and have that big of hands and fingers, it's harder to get them to develop a shot. Because he's, he's he's like been coaching guys yeah, like yeah. for years and oh, years yeah. and years. Yeah, yeah. He said those are the those are the hardest guys to develop a shot with because the ball just feels weird in their hands. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 just way different. So, anyways, go check that out if we end up <laughs> picking Scotty Barnes because you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I was always trying to wonder like why I like David Thorpe so much, and Chad Ford <laughs> told him that he reminded him of Ted Lasso, and I was like, oh, that's it. He's like so overwhelmingly positive all the he, time. He is. I think that's what sucks me. He in. is so nice. I had him on Down to Dunk yeah. years ago, and we just like stayed on. Like for every pod that we do, there's always conversations before and after, you know, and some of them are the best part of the pod. Yeah. Some, some of the best pods are before the pod. Uh, I can say that about this show in particular. Uh, but, um, Thorpe just like stayed on, like after we were done, it was like, listen, like Andrew, I'd love to you know, come on again. I'll, you know, if you ever just want to talk hoops, like, just let me know. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, <laughs> He's working for ESPN at the time, I believe. Uh, it was just very nice guy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He's great. He is great, and I just think his take on Scotty Barnes is a little, little, little bit of psycho behavior, you know. Uh, but the other potential, because we have talked about, you know, a lot of the scuttlebutt now is that OKC is interested in Evan Mobley. Yeah. I feel like that's come from multiple places. Yes. Who knows if it's true or not. But Of course they're interested. One of, the things- of course they're interested. Of course they are. Of course they are. They, ju- they just made Tony Bradley an unrestricted free agent. They have to get a center. <laughs> and the thing is, like, every Duh. single team is interested in Evan Mobley. Like, all 30. If you were to pull all 30 teams, Possibly. are you interested in Evan Mobley? The answer is yes. Mm. Like, all 30. My point, though, was that if you trade for four, all of a sudden it makes getting to three a lot more feasible. Because now you're just asking Cleveland to fall back one spot, and if they happen yeah. to like Scotty Barnes yeah. or Jonathan Kaminga, they, they would know for sure that that person is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a possibility. I, just, I don't know what the deal would be. I, I am happy, though, to give up extra picks to move up to four because – Although, like you said, if they did it and then took Scotty Barnes, I would be disappointed if they left Jalen Suggs on the board. Uh, but yeah, if, it would be disappointing if they took one of those top four guys, which I include Suggs there. That that would be like the greatest. Yeah. Also, greatest ever. if they go to that much effort to get Barnes, then we have to believe that there's a lot more than what we like. What our impression of Scotty Barnes is today, we have to. N- 
we have to realize that it's a lot different in the eyes of the thunder, right? And they see something, yeah. And they, they mean they've they've done workouts, they've interviews, like everything, and to trade into the top four to select somebody, it signals that one they're willing to give up the assets for somebody. It signals that this is a building block. This is a this is a player that we plan to build around, is what that means. Like that's that's what the plan would be. And whoever it is, if it's Suggs or Barnes or whoever, like I at that point I would just have to say, okay, like if that's who you think it is, then you know they've done this before. You have to kind of trust. You have to trust them there because they've, you know, inside the top five, they haven't. There has not been a swing and a miss. The closest thing to a swing and a miss in the top five is Jeff Green, and Jeff Green is still yeah. in the NBA. He still is, and he will play in the NBA next year. Uh, so it's, you know, they haven't missed in the top five. They haven't had many opportunities in a long time, but they have not had a swing and a miss in the top five. Um, I think that is all the scuttle. Oh, okay. Well, so now we should probably mention uh, the the main scuttle, which is that obviously a few days ago, uh, Matt Babcock. Uh, reported that the Thunder had offered Shea plus the number six for the number one. Mm -hmm. We said, ha, 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 dummy, that's not true. What are you talking about? Who are you? We don't even know who you are. I've never even seen you before. How'd you get that blue check mark? That's what we were saying. (laughs) And then Jake Fisher, who we've said some very nice things about at the beginning of this podcast, he reported the same thing, which is interesting. Now, this could mean a, a, a bunch of different things. I think the most interesting question is who's benefiting from putting this information out there? Because we heard today, Troy, Troy Weaver came out, and I don't know if they asked him about this trade specifically or just generally about the trade rumors that were out there, and he said, oh, it's all bunk. Mm-hmm. You know, and dismissing it all makes you feel good. But obviously someone is telling these people, these reporters, that this deal was offered, and they are doing it confidently enough for these reporters to then turn around and put it into an article. And again, I could have written off the first guy because I'd never heard of him before, although I did look him up. He was an agent, apparently. You know, seems a nice enough guy. (laughs) He has a lot of followers, whatever. But then Jake Fisher, it's harder for me to write it off. It could still be completely fake, but I at least now believe, okay, someone told him that. And why did that person tell him that? I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any theories? I've heard some theories. Do you have any? Uh, I'll give my theory right after this quick break. Ah! And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Here's my theory. I think that anything involving Shea and Six for a pick is not real. That's my... Which is what... Zach Lowe and uh, Mike Schmitz, yeah, and Gavoni. And no, Gavoni, Gavoni said on the on the low post. Yeah, thing. I don't think it's real. I don't think that those. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's being offered. I don't think I would say that 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 deal. The value isn't there for that deal, and it to me it just doesn't make any sense. You have to think that Cade is going to be Luca for it to make sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I you could 
you could talk me into straight up Shay for Kate. I, I'm willing to listen to that argument. It's when you sure. throw in the six pick that we spent all year trying to get, I guess. Yeah. And just having to throw that in, that's the part where it's like, no, there's yeah. like no way they would do this. Yeah. It's, yeah, you have to be sure that Shay and let's say it's book night. Like, are you confident that Kate is going to be better than than the combination of those two? Like, I'm not confident about that at all. I'm not confident that Kate is going to be better than Shay, period. I mean, you just have to go back and look at, at Shay's stats from this year. And are you... Are you confident that Cade will eclipse the 23, 5, and 6 on five attempts from three at 40, almost 42%? Like, are we confident that he can do that? Like, I think that that's, it's reasonable to say that he can do that. But in order for it to be worth it, not only does he have to do 23, 5, and 6, 42% on five attempts, he probably has to do like 35 and 5 on 42% from 3. Now are we really confident that he can do that? Because I think that it's reasonable to think that Book Knight or Moody or whoever it is, even if it is Barnes, if, let's say Barnes falls to 6, or Kaminga, like if it's Kaminga. Kaminga, it's easier to say like, oh, the dude busts out of the league. Okay, cool. If anybody thinks they know what Kaminga is going to be in the NBA, don't trust them because nobody knows. Like, no one has any clue what Jonathan Kaminga will be at the NBA level. Uh, he could come in and be a guy that's a lights out score. Like, that could definitely happen. He could be a guy where you just watch him, like, oh my gosh, like, this is not going to work. He's not going to be able to play. Like, he's, we're going to have to send him to the G League. We're going to have to rework this and that. And, like, maybe it's worth that. Could, like, what, what's there? I don't know. Like, nobody knows. But still, the fact, like, the value is is just too difficult to get to with those two. And it's not, even, like, stat, the stats-based stuff, like, sure. Like, maybe he can get there. But then you have to get to, like, wins. Like, can you, like, win at the NBA level at the, the clip? We already know Shea can do it. We saw him do it. We saw him dragging that bad Thunder team to wins throughout the first part of the season where it was like like gave Thunder fans that knew what the plan know what the plan is, know what the plan is supposed to be, like anxiety. Because it's like, what do we do now? Because he is too good. Like we already know he can do that. So what does he do with another year of development? What does he do with another and and that's why I just think it makes zero sense to trade him. I think it makes all the sense to extend him. I've already brought up the idea of extending him now, seeing what he becomes, and then possibly trading him later, right? There's a to me there's there's a possibility of that later on if perhaps he doesn't fit what the timeline is or you really want to slow down the rebuild or whatever it is. I think you can get more for him next year than you could today. And certainly the value of Shea and six for one makes zero sense whatsoever when it comes to like getting great value for it's just it's illogical if you think that there's logic behind it you're just not paying attention at all you're just not and it's also a deal that i think the pistons would agree to like that you don't think troy weaver knows the kind of talent that shea has 
Like Troy Weaver knows that, and he would gladly pay him. You know, Detroit's had a lot of trouble keeping players or getting good players there. If you have a guaranteed good player plus another like nice lottery pick, I think that you take that. I just don't think it makes any sense. And now watch the Thunder do that deal and then take Keon and Jalen Johnson. You know, like that's that's probably yeah. what <laughs> that's probably what will happen where we'll have Cade, Keon and Jalen at the end of this and no Shea. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's been pretty wild on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing opinions on Shea from uh, like people I really like, like you know, national people, who just are not as high on him as uh, I am, and and even I, like I said, I, I'd be willing to talk about like the the pros and cons of the idea of trading Shea straight up for Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, but but it does still feel like he's underrated, even though I felt like he had become an NBA smart guy. It's clear that there is still still a lot of work to be done, Andrew. There is. In the, in the Shea department. Yeah. I, I, I say that you say that, but most of the people that I talk to that, are, that work at The Athletic and they're, they're, they're all very, very big on Shea and don't really understand the, the trade talk. You know, I've, I get I'm I get I get all the Thunder questions because I'm the only Thunder person at the Athletic now, and right. most people are like, they're not going to do that, are they? You know, that's the that's kind of the attitude toward it. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> like why would they do it's that? Disgusting. Why would they do that? You know, I, I had somebody say to me today, like that, are the Thunder just going to trade every good player they ever get? <laughs> You know, that's uh, you know that's kind of the sentiment that comes with trading Shea from a lot of people. So I do think that a lot of people know how good he is. Uh, Twitter, we also have to remember, like Twitter is such like a small like piece of of what's happening with the NBA and NBA fandom too. Sometimes it feels like it's every. Oh, sometimes sure. it feels like it's everything, but it's just a fraction of what's going on. And we just, I, I get. I get sucked into it too, where it just feels like it's everything, but oftentimes. Oh, it's I not. think it like if if you did a poll on that trade, just among Thunder Twitter, obviously it would be like I don't know what it would be, probably like ninety percent plus against doing that trade. Oh, without a doubt. If you just if you did that same poll, just like average Oklahoma basketball fans on the street in Oklahoma mm-hmm. who never get on Twitter. It would be a lot different. It'd be way, I would bet you. Oh, we would, they're like, you mean we can get Cade Cunningham? We should probably yeah, do that. Exactly. I mean, we can get the number one pick in the draft? Sounds like we should probably do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is, uh, it's good to remember that you're in a bubble when you're on Twitter. Oh. Twitter is not real life. Yeah. No, it's, it is uh, definitely not. Okay. Do you want to answer some questions? Unless you have more scuttle. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just want to reiterate. I think that it's highly unlikely that Shea is traded on draft night. It would be, it would be a deal that I think we would look at and say, uh, like, okay, like I get it, you know. But we we may feel weird about it and like, oh man, did they just like do another Harden deal? You know, what's like, why are you why are you doing this? Why are you trading a guy before you extend him? Like, please just extend him and try to keep him for another year. Uh, that would that would be what I would want. But I think it's. I think it's very unlikely that he is dealt. And even if he is a part of conversations, I don't think that 
there's anybody on the team, including Shay, that shouldn't be a part of conversations. But does that mean that you're going to do something? Like, probably not. Like, lots of conversations are being had about all kinds of players all the time. I think people would be shocked at just, like, the conversations that occurred between, you know, front offices. But we just have to remember, like, even though he's a part of conversations, I still think it's highly unlikely that they land in a spot where they are ready to deal him. And if they do that, if it does end up happening, if this small shred of just hope of if you do think he should be traded, like if that does happen, it just means that, like, okay, like buckle up because like 22 and 23 draft are going to be very, very important to this rebuild. Like 2021 20, is, is year one, year two is 22, 23 is year three. And then by then you kind of hope that things work out for you. <laughs> but I, I do think it's more likely, I think it's more likely that they keep Shea and trade up than it is that they trade up and trade Shea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I would be shocked if Shea is not on this team and does not sh- sign an extension in a few weeks. Yeah, I think that's what will happen. Um, okay, first question this was sent to me in a DM, Andrew, because they had so much to say, all about one topic, wow. but they really wanted you to know. Okay. First of all, it's from uh, Dan Bergen at Walter Sizzle. Hey, Al, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. He's talking to me, not you. <laughs> I have a request question for you guys. Can you please get Andrew to give his take on Jaden Springer? I've liked him all year, and I don't understand why he's in a top 10 prospect. I've been waiting all year for Andrew's take on Springer, but he has never really said much about him. Then they put out the Thunder After Dark episode about Springer, and it's the only one Andrew wasn't on. <laughs> he goes on to say that you didn't, you didn't talk to Ben Pfeiffer when he put him in his top five. Andrew has never really said anything or engaged with him about Springer. And last week when you said you like Springer, Andrew still never really said anything about him. Wow. I want to know Andrew's opinion. Wow. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know people were getting so heated about I think Pe- Well, I mean I added some emphasis, but people are people have been waiting for your take on Jaden Springer. Wow. Um He's not my favorite prospect. Uh if he was, <laughs> I'd be talking about him more. <laughs> Man, I just I just spit I just spit water all over my computer. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, there's, I don't love his fit in OKC. A guy like him as a just a general NBA prospect, but I don't love the fit next to. Um, I don't love the fit next to Shea. Um, I don't know if his shot translates to the next level. I know he shot well. Shot it well at Tennessee. Um, the attempts were very low. Um, I don't know. He's he's. I think he'll be a good player, but he's just not my cup of tea. So, and a, a guy that I think f- would fit well on this team. So, um, he does have fine shooting potential, um, but the sam the sample is just really small on him. So I just don't really know what he can be. And I know that he's. He had some injuries this year, and what I saw at Tennessee may not have been super accurate as to who he's going to be. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't love the way he shoots it. I don't love. He kind of has a lack of burst. Um, 
and I don't love that. And he has not; he was not a great great at finishing at the rim. So I'm just, yeah, I don't know. He's not. It's not my favorite prospect. What's your favorite? I'd be if he was. I'd be talking about him a lot more. I know a lot of people do like him, and I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of where I land on him. And he's he's super young. He's one of the younger prospects in this draft. So, um, I would say, how <laughs> I um yeah, that's that's how I feel. Um, okay. I don't have I don't have strong opinions on him though. Like if they draft if the Thunder drafted him, it's fine. That's fine. I think that you know he's got time and space to develop on this team. And if they believe in him, great, great by me. I'm not, I'm not strong one way or another on Springer. Okay, I think this next question is pretty interesting. Um, also from Walter, actually his name's Dan. Okay, <laughs> rank these five teams for next season. Mm. All right, so you have to remember some teams: healthy Bucks team, okay, healthy Nets team, mm-hmm. Lakers with Russ. Oh. Warriors with Beal, mm. Sixers with Dame. Oh. So what if all all those five things happened? How would you rank those? I personally, I start off with healthy Nets. If the Nets are healthy, I'm taking them. E- would you agree? Yes, yes. Yes, I would. Number two is where it gets interesting because I, my, my gut, I would have gone Dame Sixers next. That's what I was going to say. Dame and Embiid would be so sick. I mean, that would be unbelievable. He is everything that they have needed, you know, for so long. Just like this shot creator that creates space that can, you know, help lead the team. Like part of the, like Embiid is like the team leader, but is he the team leader that you want? You know, uh, Dame is all of that. Dame is team leader. He's somebody that I think Philly fans would just absolutely love. And what do you like? How do you guard those two? I mean, how do you do it? I have no idea. I have no idea. You don't. Yeah, I think. So then you get to the the final three, which is healthy Bucks, Lakers with Russ, Warriors with Beal. I think I'd go healthy Bucks. Um, Warriors with Beal, Lakers with Russ. <laughs> it, I, I think I would. I don't know. I feel dumb putting the Lakers that low because. I do too. On the one hand, you have to believe that if Russ really does end up going to the Lakers, he will probably look better defensively than he has looked in a long time. Yeah, because the Lakers have been a very good defense over these past couple seasons. I just the the spacing issues, specifically with how LeBron plays, and Russ would have to play more off ball. <laughs> Maybe not more than he's ever played in his career, because obviously he had to play off ball in Houston. He had to play off ball a little bit in Washington, but in Washington he's basically gotten to play like OKC Russ. Russ has never played on a team where it wasn't his team. And it would not be his team on the Lakers. Now, everyone, Are you sure? Uh, who, well, I mean, here's what people will say. They'll say, hey, Russ is going to come in there, and he's going to bring it every single night during the regular season. He's going to help them like maintain their record. 
great. I believe all of that. 100%. Do you? What happened 100%. 100% that he would be good in the regular season. I don't care about that. It's he all was about only the playoffs. Good. He's only me. been good the last two seasons for like one one combined season. I know, but he he has never been on a team like he, just by nature of it's not a team AD with James and LeBron Harden. being on the court. I know, but this is even this is even more than that. I know that. I'm talking about I, LeBron and AD. I know that. I know that. But a LeBron that doesn't take the regular season seriously. Well, that's great. Then OKC Russ. And again, then I get worried in the playoffs because I don't know what that team would look like in the playoffs. I think you do. I don't. That's why you're worried. LeBron, LeBron is the one guy who I am confident would overrule Russ. I've never seen it happen. I know, but LeBron has a, a history of like holding his teammates accountable even when he's not necessarily holding himself accountable. Yeah. He would definitely not settle for a rush just jacking up 10 threes in a playoff game. I promise. I just he he is not going to do the thing that Brad Beal did this year where it's just like, oh, it's just so great playing with Russ. It's so awesome seeing hard worker like that. <laughs> like LeBron's on a different level. He's not like sucking up to Russ at all. If Russ is coming there, he's going to play LeBron's way. I would love to find out. I would love to find out as well. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I would love to find out. I don't know that I'm on the same page as you. Um, That's fine. Anyways, I thought that was a great question, um, not about the draft. Yeah. Okay. A few more questions because I asked for questions and uh, uh, people sent me some. Okay. Uh, First of all, easy one, Andrew. What jersey number would you wear in the NBA? For me, six. Eleven. Eleven. Um. What is your personal okay, so always always Sammy bruh <laughs> said your biggest offer to uh Cleveland at three, Toronto at four. Let's just do Cleveland at three, because I I mean that's like going to be the biggest offer if you're making it. Mm-hmm. I would start with number six, absorb Kevin Love's contract, mm-hmm. 2022 Clippers pick, mm-hmm. and then up to them. If they'd rather have 16 and 18 this year, fine. If they'd rather have a future, one of our future unprotected picks, I would do that as well. So basically, I would give them three unprotected first and take on Kevin Love's contract to get Evan Mobley. Yeah. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good offer. Yeah, I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely that's do it. That's substantial. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a substantial offer. Um so I actually so I did a deal similar to this in an article uh, with Kelsey Russo that w- went up on the Athletic. When did it? I'm looking at it now. It went up today. That's why I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, I'm actually looking at it for the first time. So the deal that I sent her was uh, the sixth pick, unprotected 2022 first round pick from the uh, from the Clippers, Kendra and Kendrick yeah. Williams. Um, in exchange for That's the it? third pick in Kevin Love. Yeah. Six, what she said. 22. So she said, this is a deal I believe the Cavs would consider because it accomplishes multiple things. First, it moves Love's two-year, $60 million contract off their books. While giving up the third pick here is risky because of the caliber of talent at the top, they still hold a lottery pick that could allow them to draft someone who fills more of a need. Um, so... She said she thinks it's something that they would be amenable to. 
I mean, if that's true, then they got to do it. They should do it. If that's... That, that, that sounds too easy. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> it does. But you do have to remember that that 2022 first rounder from the Clippers is... That is a really interesting pick. It is, and it may be as valuable as it's going to be right now. Yes. Just the the fact, and I, and I think Zach Lowe said this on his pod today, too, was that there's the thought out there that Kawhi may not return at all. And then, if you're the Clippers, what do you do? Because then are you like going, pushing everything in for this team to be good? I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe you are. I don't know. It is such a to me, this is this might be the time to trade it. Just because we don't know what it's gonna be. And they could like that team could end up being decent where the pick is like the sixteenth pick in next year's draft. Which still is would be valuable to have at the draft, but it may hold more value today where if you could convince you know if you could convince the Cavs to do that and you could go get Mobley, gosh, you gotta do it. And everything yeah. I've talked about Shangoon with Shea is like amplified so much by Mobley because Mobley can defend or Mobley can pick and pop. He can pick and roll. He's a better passer than Shangoon. He's a better ball handler than Shangoon. Like he does everything. Like he's theoretically like the ideal, like number two guy next to Shea. Uh, it would be unbelievable. I would also be excited for them if they took Jalen Suggs there too. I could talk about his fit there as well. But if it is indeed Mobley, like that fit, I almost even struggle to even talk about it just because I don't think it's going to happen. Like I really don't think this will happen. But if it does, like there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, for sure. And uh, somebody in the, in the comments said uh, they thought it was an overpay. I would argue that like that's the entire point of getting all these picks. Like use them to go get the person you want. It's, it's not an overpay ultimately because you have to think about what are the value of those picks going forward. We've already talked about this. You can't draft everyone. Like eventually you have to decide what you want to do with those picks. Mm -hmm. And this is one instance specifically for Evan Mobley where I would be very willing to go hard for that, to, yeah. to give more than I normally would feel comfortable giving to get him yeah. because I, 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 I think that he is closer to number one in this draft than he is like four in this draft. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they have a real shot to get like a generational talent in Evan Mobley. And if the only, if the major concern with him is his like frame, like that, like that is just not something I'm worried about right now. I feel like that's oh, the thing God. that always gets brought up and I'm just not worried about it. I saw some pics of him working out recently. I think yeah. He's gonna be big, Andrew. He's gonna hey, get bigger. And if you believe Evan oh. Mobley, he said himself. I what heard him say? say this on a Zoom call that he, he believes he will be a generational talent like no other. There you go. Boom. That's what he said. Boom. He just said it. You gotta hold him. You gotta hold him to it now. You gotta hold him accountable. <laughs> hold okay, the boy accountable. Uh, next question. Also, Darth also, Waver. <laughs> hold on. I just have to say that Jonathan Kaminga said he was going to be a Hall of Famer. Also got to hold him accountable to that. Hold him accountable. Uh, okay, next from Darth Waver. Could it be possible to get Triple J in a move back from 6 to 10? Obviously, more would need to be involved. 
generally I would say no, but when that trade was made and the immediate reaction from some reporters was actually Memphis is trying to move up again. And that's why they got this 10th pick. And everyone was like, what could they possibly use to move up high in this draft? My first thought was Triple J, because remember a few months ago, Mark Berman, who I know a lot of people don't trust or don't like, but he did come out with that report in the New York Post saying that Memphis is like unsure if they want to pay Triple J. And remember, that extension talk is coming up this summer. This summer, they can offer them the extension. If that was true, now would be the time to cash in that chip. It's true. And so it would not shock me if there was a blockbuster deal tomorrow where Memphis gives the 10 and Triple J to get very high in this draft. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure there are still te- a lot of teams in this league who would value Jaron Jackson Jr. pretty highly. Yeah. So I don't know if, if six is really worth it for Memphis. And, and Darth Waver said more would need to be involved. Yeah. I don't think six is high enough for Memphis to move Triple J in that kind of a deal. But it is something that I thought about. The general idea of moving. Yeah, if, you, if you can't move to, th- if you can't move to three, I would do it. Yeah, you know, that's that's my general opinion. Also, Mark Berman. Here's a reason that you should be subscribed to our YouTube channel so you can see this. This is how Mark Berman is on every single Zoom call. <laughs> Just like that the whole time. It's great. He must he must have a desktop. Cause he I, must. He, it's hard for me to understand what he's doing, um, but it is just like that. It's great. It's great. Um, let's see. Let's see more. Oh, uh, uh, do you have any? Do you have any comments? Any thoughts on us finally finding out the official name of the Chesapeake Arena is now the Paycom Center? Uh, I. It's. I kind of. Th- thought that that would happen all along <laughs> that's cool i don't know i don't uh, really are care. you are you disappointed at all that it's center what did you think I it was gonna like be? arena arena i like arena better paycom arena yeah it was the ford center. center it was a ford center which I actually like that that rolls off the tongue better mm-hmm. ford center paycom center paycom arena paycom arena just jack is, is saying it should be called the shaycom center Oh, that's good. Shacom Center. I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who is your... This is from The Real K. Chen. Who is your biggest sleeper to become a star who you also do not have in your personal big board lottery? So someone who even you yourself would rank them outside of the top 14. But if you had to gamble on someone outside of that top 14 becoming a star, who would it be? Ugh, a star. The star thing is star. really difficult. Maybe Cam Thomas. Okay. If you're reaching, maybe Kai Jones is probably not Big in my score. top 14. Maybe he could get there. I guess Keon could be that, you know, if he... Yeah, he's definitely not in your top 14. Figures out like a thousand things, you know, it's possible. Um, okay, next question. Uh, okay, <laughs> this one's from uh, Evan Elephant King. What do you think the Gone Dark comment means? I think it's like now, Alex right now. 
where he's gone from <laughs> light to complete darkness in his home. Well, it was sunny when we started recording, but yeah. now it's almost it's almost <laughs> evening here in Portland, and I didn't turn my light on, so I'm sitting in the dark. Oh no! Uh, oh no! Yeah, I I mean, it just means that they're not talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, but 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 wouldn't you say? Because I I almost feel like it's like accentuated this year. Because obviously OKC always has the reputation of being like very tight-lipped, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's it, it even a an extreme version of that this year. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, I don't know. The fact that Woj, the best he can come up with for the team with all these draft picks, all these possibilities, the only thing he can report about is, yeah, it seems like this is why you get the picks to make a move. <laughs> Like the thing that everyone is saying. What we've been saying all year. Yeah, that is like Woj's big scoop on the Thunder. That was the thing where it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just. No one knows anything. Exactly. What it what that means when when Adrian Wojnarowski, the only information he has is, boy, do the Thunder have a lot of picks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like that's basically what he said. That's basically what's been said about the Thunder over the course of the last two days is, boy, they have a lot of picks, and boy, they could do lots of different things. You think there's, I think there's a lot of possibilities. with the th- Like, duh! Like, that's why you do this. Of course yeah. there is. I don't think anybody has an accurate picture. And I know people are very latched on to, like, James Booknight. I know people are very latched on to all these different possibilities. Maybe your people are latching on to Evan Mobley now. Like, just... Like, everybody just stop for a minute. Like, I don't know. Like, some people are just committed to certain ideas. And the thing is, I just don't think that anybody has a real accurate picture as to what the Thunder are going to do on Thursday. And that that is seen throughout the years with the Thunder where, you know, Woj and Shams are tweeting the picks five minutes before they're announced over you know throughout the entire draft and then it gets to the thunder and things just halt right and they don't know what they're going to do and they don't know who they're going to select and then they learn the same time that everybody else learns and the commissioner walks up to the stage and announces it so i'm just i just don't if you're banking on certain things I would just be careful about that. I would be careful about like, where you put your like emotional stock, you know, in all of this because I I just think that anybody that thinks that they have it all figured out about OKC, I would I would just I would just be careful about that. I would be careful about those ideas that you're completely banking on. Paycom Palace, Paycom Pavilion. I like both of those better as well. Is it a pavilion? It, yeah, I mean, could be. Is you it knock a, out the walls? Is, is, it a, is a pavilion just a a roof with no walls? Yeah, it's definitely not a pavilion. Okay, yeah, is it a palace? knock out the walls? Is it? We so, could be the first outdoor indoor stadium. Didn't the Kings try to do that? What? I don't know, man. It's late. It's been a long okay. day. Okay. Uh, a question from uh, Make History Fun. If given the opportunity to know what Presti and company are actually thinking or not knowing and just have months of speculation, what do you choose? <laughs> I don't know. Why would you not choose to know everything? 
Oh, it's just kind of fun to speculate. Why? Oh, I just want to be a regular person or I can know everything. I think knowing everything could make you like angry at people. Because Oh, like is, on Twitter? Yeah. Is the is the, also the idea that you can't say anything if you know everything? Or can you say everything if you know everything? Uh you just have you just have to phrase it interestingly, uniquely. Colorful language. I'm hearing. That little might... birdie told me. I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm hearing is a really fun one. Uh, I'm listening. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't really. I don't. I don't know. I think it's fun to not know and to find out on draft night. Uh, why don't we end it here? At four hundred five, fan wants t- us to give some predictions for tomorrow night. Oh, why don't yeah. we end the pod with some predictions? Maybe some of them will be bold. I'll start us off by reiterating. Now, this this take does not seem that special right now, mm-hmm. but this is something I tweeted immediately after the draft lottery, and I still believe it, which is that Scotty Barnes is not lasting till six, and I also don't believe the Thunder are taking Jonathan Kaminga, and I'm standing by that. Okay, but that one seems that one seems based on the reporting seems obvious at this point. Yeah, not as. But I still want to give myself credit. Not yeah. as bold today. The other one I'm sticking by: James Booknight, Moses Moody. Both gone by pick nine. Now I would say the Moody one is still. Uh, it's up in uh, It's not bold, yeah. but it's. Book night will be gone for sure. Yeah, um, and then how about some new ones? Any new predictions? How about you, Andrew? Why don't you predict who you who you think they're going to take and what you think will happen? Specifically, <sighs> that's that's too hard. Just do it. Just put yourself out there. Just do it. Okay, fine put myself out there okay uh i predict a trade with the toronto raptors up to selection number four to take scotty barnes okay as as like the big is that an emotional hedge is that an emotional hedge prediction no no all right no it's real um and then I mean, it's really hard to... Oh, you know what? Two trades. Because I like the idea of 16 and 18 for 11. Two trades. 16, 18, 11. And they will take... I'm, I'm literally just <laughs> scrolling through a mock draft right now. <laughs> That's the problem with some side. of these mock drafts. Is like there's too much <laughs> written about them. The best one is Tankathon because it just has the names. That actually, I'm on Tankathon right now. Oh, you are. Okay, you're still scrolling. Yes. Yeah, sixteen and eighteen, Luka moving Garza? up to eleven, and they will be taking. They will be selecting Moses Moody. <laughs> no, I can't say that because I said he was going to go top eight. Okay, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy. They're going to come away with Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy. That's a Boom, lot of done. a lot of guys that don't shoot. Wow. <sighs> Sounds like it fits. Oh, okay. So I will I say. I wish you hadn't have made me make that on the spot because I don't feel confident in that one at all. Oh, we could tell. We know. <laughs> we can all tell. It's okay. Uh, I will <laughs> say the Thunder will stay at six, that they're not able to trade into the top four, and they will take James Book Knight at six. Stupid. Okay. Would you feel better on Friday morning if we have James Book Knight or Scotty Barnes on the team? Um. Book night. 
I know. Isn't that isn't that an interesting but thought? Is, isn't it just because he's like a better offensive? Like a, he's a scorer. Absolutely, is it, just it is. Because he's a scorer. Yes, because scoring is outrageously important in a game where you're trying to score points. It it is, and also, you know, at that point, now you're feeling like confident. Like, okay, here is our backcourt of the future. Yeah. SGA Book Knight. Dort can play the three. Let's go. Book Knight already talked about Dort in his interview. Yeah. He said they really liked what was going on in OKC. It'd be very easy to buy in to Book Knight. Yeah. Uh, and then I predict they trade 16 and 18 for 11 to take Shingun. Shingun. See, I, did, I knew you would say that, which is why I felt like I needed to say another name. Yeah. Uh, um, and then 34. I mean, it would be actually pretty cool. If they took Josh Christopher and, and Brandon Boston at 34 and 36, because those are just yeah. swing for the fences. Do these guys, can we figure it out with one of these guys that was thought of so highly and just play them in the G League? Make the blue fun. Like, make the blue team really fun. If those two are on the blue, they would be very, very fun. Oh, Parker, Parker Gross says Vrenz. Uh, Vrenz at 55. How about that? Taking Vrenz at Vren- 55. Vrenz is probably watching. What's up, Vrenz? Uh, he might be. <laughs> uh, Vrenz at 55 would be great. Or trade up a future second and 55 for pick 42 so they can take Vrenz. Um, okay, my other big prediction, uh, Brad Beal is going to be on the Warriors by uh, Thursday night. I think that is, that is something that could happen. Yes. I like that. I think there's going to be a lot of action. I think that Friday's show could be pretty wild. So tune in for that. We have Saturday well, Slam and Jam. Guys, oh, wait, what? Are, are you guys recording on draft night? I think so. I think that it, my schedule may not permit for anything but that <laughs> on oh, Friday. Okay. Uh, tune in for, to, to No Dunks. Join in on the stream. Everybody that's on the stream right now. Uh, join in on the stream tomorrow at 9 a.m. Central Time. I'll be on the uh, the No Dunks pod. We're doing a beach a beach stepping episode, which means that we'll be answering uh, listener questions, listener emails. So tune into that. Uh, that should be really fun. Saturday Slam and Jam. Uh, Al and I will be breaking down the draft and what happened, and all. I bet it'll be. I bet there's just gonna be a lot, so much to talk about. Uh, for that show so tune in for that as well and then the fry pod i mean here we are this is just one of the more important weeks so get ready for that also tune in to there will be a live stream an athletic nba show live stream with dave defour and sam vicini going on during the draft so if you're sitting at home and you're not loving the draft analysis uh, by jay billis and company you can tune in to listen to Dave DeFore and Sam Vecini talk about these prospects and how they fit on different teams. So uh, please uh, tune in to that as well. Subscribe to the Athletics YouTube channel. Uh, lots of stuff going on. All right, that's it. We gave you a long pod, and now it's over. Everything falls off a cliff after this week, Andrew, so you gotta you got to savor these moments. Yeah, this is a big moment, and... Next week we got free agency. I think there. Well, oh, I guess that's true. 
Next week starts free agency. This is not true, Alex. This is not true at all. Like that is that is that is a piece of bad information that's now floating around. Is that everything falls off a cliff? Because not only that, the week after that is summer yeah. league. Okay. All right. Well, I guess there are a few things. When are we going to be able to do Deborah Bucket's trivia? We're going to have to wait till September. Dude, I know. I'm taking vacation in September. I'm getting out of here. Oh, nice. Oh, so nice. All right. Uh, join us at Bassler Hall on Thursday night, 6 o'clock. Get there earlier if you want a spot. Get there. Order yourself a, a dog and a pretzel. It's going to be great. We'll talk to you guys again on Thursday Wait, night. Andrew. Wait, what? Andrew, turn off the music real quick. What? Jeremy Moorhead sent us $5 through YouTube, which I did not know you could do. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know, but then I saw him just commenting at the end that his his super chat went to waste. So I didn't want his super chat to go to waste. Oh, what's his super chat? Well, he asked about the Paycom Arena, which actually, Jeremy, it's not the Paycom Arena. But he asked about the proposed new roof lighting. Oh, what is that? I haven't even seen this. I have not seen it either. Jeremy, you're going to have to give us some uh, some details about the proposed new roof lighting. Is it going to be green, I guess? Oh, that's probably what it is. You know, that, I mean, why not? Out here in uh, at the Moda Center in Portland, mm-hmm. they have rotating colors. Like, it, it does, wow. like, five colors uh, one at a time. I would like something like that. That's what I would propose to Jeremy. Yeah. Wow. I would also say to Jeremy, in the future, you do not have to give us $5 to ask a question. Yeah, but thank you. I don't know how do I appreciate acqu- it. How do I acquire that money? How do I how do I get it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jeremy, go to Fassler Hall and Andrew will buy you a beer. Yeah, do that. And I'll, I'll give you your money back in the form of of, <laughs> of a of a pretzel, dog, beer, whatever you want. All right. <laughs> Once again, thanks so much for joining the pod. <laughs> uh, let's go to the stream. We've got lots of people in the stream tonight. Our guy Jeremy Moorhead, Hoopsaw sixty nine, Trent Evans, Grape Ape. Same bodies, different interests is in the, is on the pod here. Oh, boy. I don't know why I shared that story with you guys. Um, Jack Aeo, uh, my guy Alex Bullerjack is here. Uh, Brian Yates, Nate27, Lewis Green, Nate Sanders, Travis Vogel, Jess African Kiwi is here. Thank you so much for joining Windskill1969. Oh, it's been a minute. What's up? Uh, Blue Diamond Gem is here. Hunty Yap. Greg Ray. She Love LSB. Uh, Kyle Volkler is here. Ryan B. Uh, let's see. Who else? Lots of repeat people. Thanks so much for joining. We really do appreciate it. Jesse Smith, what's up? Hopefully see you on Thursday. Jesse. Uh, Jack Cole, does DT check their email? I do. I haven't written anybody back yet, but I will do that when I find some time. Uh, Parker Gross, Bradley Ross, uh, Lou Ra, uh, Jorge Moreno is here. Thanks so much. Joel Angel from Antarctica. Just mind-blowing that you're in Antarctica. What a continent. Uh, Stay Jamaica is here. Hey, you guys are the best. Matt Sanders. Uh, enjoy the draft and I hope you enjoyed the pod and we will talk to you guys again on Thursday night